0: Amen. I, I realize it's uh, 10.22 and I haven't even preached yet, but before I preach, I actually have a word on my heart that God put on my heart this week as well to share. And uh, I think it's for many people in the room. It could even be for everyone. Uh, but I'm just going to declare it over you. Uh, and it's four simple words, and then I'm going to f- share some scripture around it. But uh, here are the words. So if that has ears, let him hear. You are good enough kind of goes along with the theme we've been going with to today. Uh, my mind was taken to Moses and his encounter with God in the burning bush. And I thought, oh, it would be interesting to find out how many times Moses tried to dodge the bullet and not get involved in what God was calling him to do. Uh, Exodus 3.11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I? That i should go to pharaoh and that i should bring the children of israel out of egypt he doubted himself from the beginning god spoke a word and wanted him to go and free them the captives but he just didn't have it in him he didn't think he had it in him uh, and that's one scripture but then there's a second one in 4 chapter 4 verse 1 that says then moses answered and said but suppose they won't believe me or listen to my voice suppose they say the lord has not appeared to you so he's Doubting his authority that the Lord's putting on him. That's the second time. Well, then there's a third one in Exodus 4 verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Well, I'm hearing his excuses. And that's the third time now that he's trying to get out of what God's calling him to do. And yes, there's a fourth in chapter 4 verse 13. But he said, "Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. Send someone else, not me. Well, that's four times that he's tried to get out of the calling of God on his life. And I feel like there's people in the room today that you've had maybe four times, maybe it's been more, but you're trying to avoid the call of God on your life with excuses and say, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy. Uh, I've done this and I've done that. Lord, you don't understand the kind of life I've led, so I can't step in to that. And that's where you're at. But the fifth time, do you know the number of five? Is the number of grace did you know that if you study the Bible and study numbers in the Bible five is the number of grace and the number five symbolizes God's grace goodness and favor towards mankind and so you might have had four times where you've tried to avoid the call of God on your life but the fifth time God's grace is about to pour out in such a great measure into your life that you're going to overcome the doubts the insecurity, the, the the doubts of yourself and your own ability. And you're finally going to realize, hey, maybe God's in control and maybe what God is calling me to is something he's equipped me for and God's going to give you the boldness to step out and overcome your fears and overcome the things that you're insecure about or the things that you have stopped you from stepping out before. And you're going to be an overcomer because number five is the number of grace and God's grace, his mercy and his blessing is about to pour out into you and your life so that you can overcome and you can do what God's called you to do. So if you want to receive that, lift up your hand right now. Father God, I pray for your church. I pray for everyone that that resonates with. Lord, even people online and God, I pray for boldness to overcome doubt. I pray for your grace to be poured out. Lord, we may have denied it so many times, doubting ourselves, but God, you've chosen us for a reason and for a purpose. So empower your people with confidence and boldness and the ability to accept what you're calling them to do. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. 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 Give him praise. He's good. Oh, this is still a muscle. Probably not, because Russell turns everything on. I don't know what key to sing it in. That'll do. Um, Is that too low? Trying to figure out a song here. I surrender. You know this one. You sing it. I surrender. surrender Still like we need to surrender to him. All to Thee, Jesus, my blessed Saviour, I surrender all. Surrender all. Oh, one more time, sing it and just surrender the hymn in this moment. I surrender all. Everything that we are, Lord, we surrender in this
1: moment.
0: I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Saviour. Oh, to Thee, my Savior, I all. I just believe people are going to be set free today. We've declared that everyone has Anita carry on. It's just been a big flow of people being set free, set free, and free. <laughs> uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, free, and also free. <laughs> so. Uh, Let's go to here. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's our theme from here. Even more in grace. Okay, so it's so, even yeah, greater. Now, now, who knows? We all know someone. I know, it's awful, isn't it? It's not, it's not Marion's house. It's not Marion's house. i show you this picture for a reason, okay? Many of us possibly know someone that lives like this. What would you call them? You call them a, a hoarder. I'm not about to like psychoanalyse why people are hoarders, but sometimes it can be homeless people because they want to hold on to everything that they find. Sometimes it can be a poverty mentality. Well, I don't know when my next whatever's coming, so I need to just keep everything. Whatever it is. But hoarders hold on to stuff, don't they? It's a life, like, they've got a tight grip. Like even if I wanted to just take that blue bag right there or purple or whatever colorblind people see. Uh, with the orange things, yes. maybe it's red. Uh, even if I wanted to take just that bag, they'd crash tackle me and say, "No, I need that." Well, I show you that to say this: holding on to trash is highlighted here. But for the purpose of today, the trash I want to talk about—that I think a lot of us might hold onto—and this is going to be a confronting word, but also a releasing, encouraging word. We hold on to offense. We hold on to offense. And so today I want to talk about fighting offence. Because if there's one thing that's going to stop you from the even more and greater, which is our theme for this year, we're believing we for God to move in such great power in and through your lives, in and through the life of this church. But what's going to stop that from happening is us and what's going on in us. And one thing that we sometimes hold on to because and we'll go into it, but it's offense. We get offended. The world's full of offence at the moment. You, know, you need to turn the TV on and someone's offended because they don't agree with someone else or whatever it is. Holding on to offence actually cripples us. It makes us bitter and twisted. I don't want to become that old, bitter and twisted person. You know, none of the elderly people in our church here are like this. But you know, those ones that are, like, they get older and they're bitter and twister and angry and grumpy and, and just get upset at everything. You know, I don't want to become that because it, ne- it negatively impacts us, not just the people around us, but us. And it's, it's more it impacts us more than the person that caused the offense yeah. when we hold onto offense. The person who caused the offense has likely moved on in their life, and enjoying life, and probably even loving life. And here you are, sitting offended, bitter, twisted, negative. You keep a bookmark at the point of offense because you're offended. <laughs> Letting go of a fence makes us free and it makes us able to live life like we never have before. If you're in this place today and you've held onto a fence, you're going to become very aware as we talk about it. Uh, You're going to be released today and you just won't know yourself. When you let a fence go, wow, what a free feeling that is. It's such a freeing feeling. But holding onto a fence makes us bitter, keeps us bound, keeps us trapped right where the enemy wants us. And every time Jesus helps to take away our offence, we grab one piece of that offence and that offence back because we want to hold on to our bitterness because that person is just so mean. We don't want to let it go. You know, we say things like this. I could never forgive them. Wow, if you've ever said that, Jesus needs to set you free today from that statement. I could never forget what they said about me. And the more pieces of offence that we carry the more offence we attract. And you know what? It reeks, that's what my son says. He has like this. he, he's not in the room, is he? I don't embarrass him. Yes. those of you that have looked after my son recently, you're very well aware that he has stomach issues at the moment. And I don't know why, because he eats quite well. But man, can he let him reek. <laughs> oh, i he can clear a room quicker than I And he would say, that reeks that's his words The offense in the same way it reeks it stinks it binds you up and it's ugly and we want to deal with it today you know when jesus looks at us he doesn't see our sin he doesn't see our bitterness he doesn't see our offense he sees us the real us the free us and this is what jesus is fighting for this is what he died for Jesus has already forgiven us but the question is, will we forgive ourselves and will we forgive others? The greatest step you can take to forgive yourself uh, when you come to offence is to commit to fighting offence. Actually go there, actually deal with it. Take it on and defeat it because Jesus is for you and not against you so with him you can overcome your offence. So let's look at some scripture, Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 14, and I don't believe there's any scriptural mistakes on my PowerPoint. Tonight. I'm not even going to go there. Some people know there was a donkey scripture, and I didn't even—I anyway, got it around. I had a dyslexic moment a few weeks ago. Hebrews 12:14 says, "Pursue peace with all people, and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord." What does it say? Pursue, pursue peace with all people, not just the ones you like. Not just the ones you're comfortable with, but even the ones that you just want. Like, even them, because all means all. Yeah. Luke 17 verse one um, says this. Then he said to his disciples, "It is impossible that no offence should come, but woe to him through whom they do come." Wow. In other words, we can't avoid offence. You know, you just got to step out off your bed after waking up and you'll find something to offend you. Maybe the house is messy or maybe the kids left the milk out and it's gone wrong or whatever it is, you know, you can easily get offended uh, in life. But don't be the one who causes the offence. Woe to him. So here's the thing. Let's talk about a few things. Offences will come. I guarantee you, offences will come. If you live a life and you do not get presented with the opportunity to be offended, I want what you're having. Because offence is rampant in the world today. Jesus said that offences will come. And it's not if, but when. When offences come. And life is full of offences. You don't have to look for them. They'll find you. We're not talking about being hypersensitive either. Like there are people out there that are perhaps a little hypersensitive, and everything offends them. But you don't have to look for them; they'll find you. Every day there's going to be opportunity to be offended, every single day of your life. So let's define offence. Let's define what it is. Offence comes from the Greek word scandalon. Everyone say scandalon. Congratulations, you can speak Greek. <laughs> Scandalon refers to part of a trap to which bait was attached. So in other words, like a fishing hook. A fishing hook. Hey, that's what scandalon refers to. It's the hook. That means a fence is like a hook. Interesting. The noun scandalon has a derived verb. So the noun is the hook, but the verb, scandalizo. Everyone say scandalizo. It <laughs> oh, sounds Italian. So. It's, it's, it's Greek, but you've got to say it with that. It's going to lose. <laughs> go it means literally to trip somebody up, to cause someone to sin. Wow. So being offended is when we perceive actions done against us that have hurt us, and when we are baited by the hook and then caught up by the trap of carrying offense, then we cause others to stumble and sin. Wow. Offense is serious. There's two categories of people that are offended. They're sitting in the room now. One, there's those who have been treated unjustly. You're offended because you've been treated poorly or unjustly or unfairly, and okay. But then there's a second group of people, those who believe they've been treated unjustly. But perhaps you haven't, but in your eyes you have. Make sense? The offense doesn't change between the two. Whether you have been, okay, fair enough, someone's done something that's not right, or you perceive that, the offence that you carry is the same. You're offended. And it's got to be dealt with in the same way. You can't justify offence. That's what I'm trying to say. So offences will come. But the next thing I want to talk about is how does offence come? This is where it's going to be a little bit Quiet in this place, and maybe nervous giggles or something. There it is. How does offence come? Offence can come into church. Oh, he's going there. He's going there. Proverbs 18 verse 19. Have I got that? There it is. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars out. Wow. So let's talk about offence in the church. When a person is overlooked for a church position that they really thought belonged to them, that can cause offence. Oh, but I've been here longer. I've known the Lord longer. Why aren't I getting opportunities? And then offence comes. When a person doesn't speak to you when, they, when you think they should have. That person walked past me and they didn't even acknowledge me. Hey, I've called to that one. People have said to me, oh, pastor just doesn't care about me. He walks past. He's too busy or whatever. But I guarantee you, if it's before 9am, before a church service, I walk past most people because I've got my mind set on the service and what's about to happen and have we got this on and that on. My mind is on the service. And so let me apologize in advance now. If I walk past you before the church service and you really want to engage with me in that moment and I don't stop, I'm sorry. but my mind is on what's about to happen. Grab me after church. That's a better time to talk to me. And uh, and we can talk then. But I've had that from people. Because they've been offended by it. Because they think I'm being rude or whatever. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm not, not ignoring anybody. I'm just focused. Tunnel vision, church is about to happen. Steve, Steve's not in the room. Steve had uh, had a conversation with him. And he said, man, it's amazing what you and Anita to do. Because You know, I had all these people coming up to me and wanting to talk and do stuff and my mind was on the service and and I was, you know, stretched and... uh, It's hard. Tag with me and run a church service one week and you'll understand what I mean. But if you haven't been a pastor before who's led a service, perhaps it's hard to comprehend and understand. But we get very focused on what's about to happen because we want to see God move. And so we want to make sure everything is in place and that's where our mind... Is that. But if you're offended by that, don't go to have pastor for lunch and, and talk to your friend and make negative comments about me. Come and talk to me about it. Because yeah. then I'll say exactly what I just said now. I'll say, look, I'm really sorry. I wasn't ignoring you on purpose, but I was whatever I was heading to or had my mind on, etc. That's the best way to squash offence fence real quick. Go straight to the person you're offended to and talk about it quickly. Because the longer you leave it, the harder it is to reconcile Here's another one. When you receive a correction that does not seem fair or was given in an insensitive way. And that's just not from an either and I. Maybe someone in the foyer has talked to you about something and you receive it in a certain way and you get offended. because, well, who are they? Who are they to tell me what to do? Who do they think they are? Offence can brew so quickly and easily, can't it? So quickly and easily. But you know what? If someone ever comes to you in the foyer, even if it's me, don't take offence. Talk about it with them real quick. If that's not the time to do it, do it soon after. Or, shelve it. Sometimes people come and they think they know what they're on about and they say stuff that's totally not right. But you know what? You are a big adult. <laughs> you kids, you are older teenagers. And you have the ability with your mind to go, you know what? That person just said all that stuff, water off a duck's Yeah. And just leave it. Don't even let it bother you. Because if you let it, in and you allow it to offend you, it's your fault. Yeah. Don't throw your Bibles at me. <laughs> but it is, because you've allowed that to come in and upset you. Yeah. If you need to talk to someone about it, that's what pastors are for, we're here, come and let us know, and we'll just say, you know what, just leave it. Just drop it. And if we need to talk to the person, whatever, we'll sort it out. But don't let it fester and get gross inside. Uh, What about this one? When you have unfulfilled expectation of a person or a program, well, the Lord didn't really show up today, so I'm I'm a bit disappointed in that church today because God wasn't there. None of you have gone home and said that? No, not at all. You've never said anything like that. It's those people in those other churches that say that. But unfulfilled expectation. You know, Maybe you hoped someone might say something, or maybe you... And then you go home and you let it fester in you and you get offended. I didn't get my moment. Or I didn't get a mention. or I didn't, whatever. What about this? When others, this one's even harder. When others are given recognition and you do not receive the recognition you deserve. I did that before them and they're getting praise for it. Oh, it's very quiet this morning with nervous laughter. Uh, Deceived or real favoritism to someone that you are not receiving yourself. Why does that person get all the favor and all the opportunity and all the, and you get offended. (laughs) Nervous giggling up the back from the teenagers. (laughs) If we let these things in, we will get offended. And so we need to be quick to chop that off and not let it fester. And deal with it quickly. So that's just church. There's more. I need to move quicker. Otherwise, we'll be here till lunchtime. Uh, Offense can come in your marriage. My husband just went squirmish. (laughs) (laughs) What about this? Expectations not being expressed that are not being uh, not being met. So again, expectation. But they're not telling you about it. But they're not being met, so they're upset. That's both ways. I'm not picking on wives here. Husbands as well. What about unkind words or actions? You know, often that happens in the home because in the home is the ones we love and we tend to lash out at the ones we love more than others because I guess it's a comfortable space, perhaps. Uh, What about this lack of love or respect? Not feeling respected, not feeling loved. What about... uh, favoring family over the spouse. This becomes a challenge when you have kids. Well, you spend all that time with the kids, but what about me? Don't forget, I was here first. <laughs> offence, can come. The best way to overcome that offence is communicate, talk, work it through together. In the home, offence can come in the home. Parents feeling disrespected by children. It's a real thing, Melody. <laughs> It's a real thing, especially when they become teenagers. (laughs) I'm so in trouble, eh? (laughs) Okay, this is one for you. Children not feeling loved by parents. There you go, you can get offended by that. Children feeling unfair treatment. I have siblings of Melody and Timothy. Oh, you're like this with Timothy, you're so nice to him, you're so mean to me. And then Timmy says the same thing, you're so nice to Melody, you're so new to me. <laughs> Offense. you got to deal with it quickly, you've got to talk about it. And what about in your employment, those of you that have jobs? Employees make agreements that they don't keep, if you're a boss and your employees are making promises that they don't keep, you can get offended, because it's like I told them, once I told them, twice, and they're not doing it. What about employers? Treating employees unfairly, you get offended. Oh, I haven't had a pay rise in 70 years. Well overdue. That's a long time, This is a long time to work. No, no, no. What about this? And this is more for, I guess, in this generation. But I don't want to limit it to it. But having an entitlement mentality. Those ones that come to work for the first time and think they deserve a break every 6.3 minutes. <laughs> Preach it. It's hard to find good workers. Oh, you keep going because i are running out of time. Let's go ahead. Why does offence come? I want to take a good versus evil approach here. So the good approach is let's talk about why offences come from Jesus' perspective. It's an opportunity to grow in grace. When you're offended, are you gonna dig your heels in and might oh, just wanna smash? Or are you gonna <laughs> or are you gonna demonstrate grace and go, you know what, maybe they had a bad day, maybe they don't know what they're talking about, maybe I'll just give them the benefit of the doubt, water off a duck's back, let it go, grace. It's also an opportunity to give what God has given to you, and that's forgiveness. Or I thought God's forgiven us. What we not display that forgiveness to others who wrong us? It's an opportunity to grow in maturity. It takes maturity not to bite back. I've learned that. Wisdom of years and all of that. Jeremy in his 20s would bite back. Pretty bad. But I've learned now, in fact even this week, there's plenty of opportunities for pastors to take offense. You have no idea what comes through to our phones, text messages from people, comments, whatever. And we have many opportunities to respond with offense. But we've learned to just go, you know what? Delete the text, let go. That person will come to themselves because God will do the work. We don't need to do it for God. As much as you want to go in on behalf of God with the five fold ministry and lay the smack out, <laughs> you just breathe and you go, okay, Lord, you're going to deal with that no problem. It's an opportunity to grow in maturity. It's, it's, sure. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to handle it the right way there's a wrong way and there's a right way all right let's talk about offense from the enemy's perspective it's an opportunity to entrap you in bitterness that's what he wants and you let him win the minute you take offense and you let loose on someone, or I'm never talking to you again, or I'm cutting you out of my life, that's it, we're done, over. You know, that's the saying I see say a lot of people write it online or whatever. I'm done. Like, they make this big announcement, it's all over. I'm done. You're like, really? Really, are you shutting it off just like that? It's an opportunity for you to be entrapped in bitterness. When you say, I'm done, you said that's you saying, okay, I'll hold on to this bitterness. I'm going to hold on to this anger and disappointment. It's also an opportunity to thwart the calling of God on your life. Because the minute you let bitterness in and it constrains you and and traps you, you can't move forward in the things of God. That's why we said earlier, God's going to move in power in just a moment and set people free. So that you can be free to experience even more and greater in 2024. Because that's what we're believing for. But how can we get there if we don't deal with this stuff? Alright, Hebrews... 1215 says this look after each other so that none of you fall fails to receive the grace of God. Look after each other. Help each other in times where we're tempted to be offended. That's what the body of Christ is for. And like, Anita and I can't help all of you. We'd like to, but you know, we're only two people. But we are the body of Christ, and together we can help each other and look after each other so that none of us fall. Uh, and none of us fail to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Again, talking about those who become offended and then hurt others and cause others to stumble. So, so what is our response to bitterness? <laughs> what is our response? And this is key, and this is your choice today. You can take it or leave it, because I can't make you do anything, but God's pressing on people's hearts, and he's gonna do the work today. Being offended, and I've already touched on this, is a choice. If you wanna stay offended, some of you might be offended at me. <laughs> love you. But it's your choice to stay offended. Proverbs nineteen eleven says, sensible people control their temper. Again, that comes with years. 20-something-year-old Jeremy had a bad temper. <laughs> Older Jeremy wiser Jeremy wishes he could speak to younger Jeremy and tell him to settle down. <laughs> Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Again, we get messages to our phones from people that just say stuff that's just like, that's the devil. And we just, we just ignore it. We don't even go after it. We overlook it. And then when we finally see that person again, we give them a hug. And then who has respect then? Because that person being hugged is like, I know what I sent you. I know the messages, the words that I said. But I'm hugging them because I love them. And then they're just like, wow, what an awesome awesome person. So here's how we, very practically, how uh, we can respond to offense. The first thing, and is probably the hardest, is to acknowledge you are offended. Acknowledge you are offended. Don't hide it, don't dismiss it, don't pretend everything's okay, deal with it. Because if you pretend everything's okay and it's still there, it's taken hold and it just grows. Recognize it before yourself and God. Hey God, I'm really hurt by what that person said. I really am really upset. And I acknowledge that I'm upset and offended and hurt then you, you're not living in denial anymore. You're actually addressing the problem. And then choose whether you will overlook it or whether you've got to deal with it. Now, I'm not saying every offence, you need to go to the person and deal with it. You've got to use wisdom. Use wisdom. A message I got to my phone from someone, wisdom says drop it and just wait for them to come back. I'm not going to pursue it. I'm not going to chase after. I'm not. Going, I'm just not going to. Because I don't feel the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do that. But they'll come back. I'll get right with God, and they'll be here, and they'll come back. So you've got to choose whether you will overlook it, as in, oh, I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to be offended. That person said stuff. I don't think they meant it. I'm not even going to go there with them. They weren't in their right mind at that time, so I feel just let it go and move on. And the next time I see them, love them. Or sometimes you do need to deal with it. Sometimes you need to go to the person and, and talk it out in a godly way. Uh, The other thing we need to do is acknowledge our own speck. You're probably familiar with Matthew chapter seven, verses one to five, let's go there. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying Uh, How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. We've gotta understand that we have issues too. It's not just everybody else. We all know that person that thinks it's everybody else's problem and not theirs. But we need to take responsibility for our own actions first before pointing and picking on, on others. We've got to follow the words of Jesus. So, who are we to judge people's motives? Nine times out of ten, we don't know the kind of life that they've led or what's led them to where they are or, or what they've experienced to get them to that point. We just make assumptions. And then we hide it spiritually and make out, like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm not judging them, but I'm just, you know, the Lord showed me and whatever. We spiritualize it. Don't judge people's motives. Matthew 7 says that. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. You can't judge the heart. We can't see the heart, except for Lyle on the screen. He saw his heart. But we can't see the heart of people and their desires and their motives. You can't see that. We can't judge that. Go to the person and deal with it. That's the next thing. If it's one of those those times when you need to deal with it, don't delay Because the longer you leave it, the harder it is to reconcile. Uh, Matthew 18, uh, verses 15 to 17, I'm not gonna read it now for the sake of time, but write that reference down. Matthew 18, 15 to 17, gives you clear instruction on how to correct another believer. So you've gotta go to them. And if they don't respond, uh, take one or two others with you. And then if they still don't respond, then come to the pastors. Here's the problem, most of you come to us first. I love you but my first question is going to be if you talk to them about this and if you say no that will be the next step you're gonna talk to them first and then if that doesn't work take a couple of other people from the church with you and try and get them to see reason usually by that time they've seen reason but sometimes if people are stubborn then you get us involved and we're more than happy to help with uh, mediating or that sort of thing and then the other thing and the last thing is to forgive and leave the results to the Lord. Sometimes we feel like it's our burden to fix everything. But sometimes, it's, well in fact all the time, it's God's burden. So we need to learn to forgive, let go, not be offended. And you know what, maybe there's no remorse or maybe there's no whatever from this other end, but you've got to leave it. You can't keep going back and say, but you've got it, but you've got it. it's not your job. If you've done your end of the bargain and you've dealt with it, and you're no longer offended, and you've apologised or whatever you've done, you, you move on, and then you let the Lord deal with the rest. Colossians three thirteen. As um, I finish, maybe you can do it. Put your back into it. Nah, it's not. Col- Colossians three thirteen says, "Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone." Who offends you? Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That's the word of the Lord. It's not my words. I'm just reading from the Bible. Make allowance for each other's faults. Cut people a bit of slack. Cut your pastors a bit of slack. Who loves slack? Give me lots of them. I need lots of them. And forgive anyone who offends you. And remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I'm going to close now. We, 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 we're all offenders. Okay? We all deal with offence and we all have that challenge that we must face. And we are all in need of God's grace, all of us. Because none of us are perfect, not one. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's expectation. And we are all responsible to handle it as Jesus instructs us. So I want to just encourage you in this moment, why don't you just bow your heads close your eyes. We've done a salvation call today, but today is about having people set free from the bondage and chain of offense. And I just believe many people in this room have been offended. Perhaps you've dealt with it, perhaps you haven't, perhaps you thought you dealt with it, but it still niggles and it's still there and reconciliation hasn't truly come yet. But I just believe that God's going to set people free in these last few moments as I bring service to a close. If you've been offended, this is your moment. You are meant to be here today under the sound of my voice. If you're online and you're tuning in and, and this is resonating with you, you are meant to tune in today. You are meant to even watch this after the fact. We post it up and people watch it later. God's drawn you to listen to this because he wants to deal with the offense in your heart. So everyone under the sound of my voice right now, in the room, online, watching later. God is challenging you to let offence go. To do business with God today and let it go. Once and for all. Once and for all. Right at the start I spoke a word. You are good enough. But many of us feel we're not good enough because we've held on to hurts. We've held on to offence. We've held on to our brokenness and our whatever it is. But this is your day for the Lord to come and do business in your heart and your opportunity to once and for all let offence go. So if that resonates with you, every eye is closed, I want you to stand, just stand where you are because I don't think the altar is going to be big enough for who God wants to do business with today. But just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. In your own time, there's no rush either. Apart from its eleven <laughs> o'clock. People right across the room, standing up. God's gonna do. You're gonna feel so good after we pray this prayer. I've just got faith that the Holy Spirit. It's not gonna be. A, it's gonna be a quick work. That it's just gonna be like, like you've got chains on your arms, like a, like like, and, and they have snipped and they fall to the ground. That's the picture that I have. The chains represent a fence. And God's going to come, the Holy Spirit's going to come and go and snap the chain in an instant. It's going to drop to the ground and it's never going to be yours to carry again. That's what I'm believing for in this moment. With over half the church standing up and the people at home responding, however they're responding. So for all of you standing up, even for those that aren't and maybe you feel like you should but you don't want to, but that's fine too. God doesn't need you to stand up for him to do this. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice right now, brave enough to stand up and admit that they're carrying or have carried or thought they dealt with some sort of offence, but it's still a chain and a bondage. Well, your word, God, it teaches me that Jesus came to break every chain, not just the ones that we select or the one, every chain and today we bring before you holy spirit the chain of bondage caused by offense and maybe we've carried this chain for a short time maybe it's been decades but today i believe the word of the lord is that every chain of offense is going to be broken and it's going to be an instantaneous breakage and you are going to leave this room or or switch off the online feed and you're going to be changed and transformed and you're going to feel like this weight has lifted because the bondage of offense is about to be broken. So in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, come and touch every person and break every chain, every chain of offense, every chain of bitterness, unforgiveness, hurt, those words that people said, that person that let us down. That thing that happened that we've never forgiven. Even if we said those words, I will never forgive you. We rebuke those words. We rebu- rebuke all those actions. And God, we believe that every chain is broken right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Now praising like it's done. Because it was a quick word. <laughs> You're never going to be the same again because you surrendered that chain to Him, and He has broken it today. Do you believe it? Yeah. Yes. I.